0: Hi, everybody. I think I see the whole school committee. So we'll get started. So we have enough time for the round table. Um, There will be a committee, the whole meeting on Wednesday, May 27th from 4pm to 530pm by zoom. The purpose of the meeting is to gather collaborative input from administrators, teachers and families regarding how to think about anticipate and plan for potential fall 2020 scenarios. While no guidance is yet available on what the next school year will look like, Medford Public Schools is taking a proactive approach to discuss possible scenarios with its critical stakeholders. School Committee is hosting these sessions to collaborate and share ideas that will help inform upcoming budget decisions. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order, suspending certain provisions of the Open Meeting Law, Chapter 30A, Section 18, in the governor's March 15th, 2020 order, imposing strict limitations on the number of people that may gather in one place. This meeting of the Medford School Committee will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for participation by members of the public and our parties with a right to the requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the website. If everybody could move, mute their microphones. Um, that'd be great www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of the members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post to the Medford community media websites an audio or video recording transcript or other comprehensive record of proceeding as, as possible after the meeting. The meeting can be viewed through Media on Comcast channel 22 and Verizon channel 43 at 4 p.m. Um, we have Patrick Gordon on, I don't see that we're recording. Patrick?
1: Uh, Medford Community Media is in.
0: Okay, so Peter, you press and you press or, oh. he's
2: talking to us through chat. He said only hosts can record. Yeah,
0: Peter, just turn you turn that on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find. Okay, the meeting can be viewed through Medford Community Media on Comcast Channel 22 and Verizon Channel 43 at 4 p.m. Since the meeting will be held remotely, participants can log on or call in by using the following link or call in number. One of the numbers is 929-205-6099. Enter the meeting ID when prompted, 972-3208-7762. Additionally questions or comments can be submitted during the meeting by emailing medfordsc at medford.k12.ma.us Those submitting must include the following information your first and last name your medford street address your question or comment There will be a committee of the whole meeting on Wednesday, May 27th from 4 p.m. to five thirty p.m. by zoom fall scenario session one roundtable The school committee is hosting these sessions to collaborate and share ideas that will help inform upcoming budget decisions. Discussions will include what is working well or not today, technology, student-teacher, infrastructure access, school day model before or after, athletics, extracurricular activities, PTO activities, signed by Dr. Maurice Edouard Vincent, superintendent of the Medford Public Schools. So at this time, I'm going to just ask Dr. Cushing, if you could mute all participants, except obviously the school committee, so we could take a roll call vote.
3: Member Vanderclue? um If you could just unmute your microphone, Member Vandekloot. Thank you. Jenny Graham. Present.
4: present. Kathy Kretz. Here. Melanie McLaughlin, here. Mia Mustone, here. Paul Rousseau? present. Paulette Vanderclute,
1: yes. And streamlined. If you do it once the breakout rooms are open, rooms, uh, because uh, it's, it's much easier to distribute them in a in a more equitable once fashion. The breakout rooms are open. Uh, <sighs> Um uh, it's much
0: easier to distribute them in a any more We're getting
1: some feedback
0: from those
3: unmuted. Okay. Um so May Abu San, are you here? Just Lane Pinto.
5: Jesse Reinold. Yes. Can you make uh, an announcement in Spanish to find out who needs uh, Spanish translation?
6: Sure. Hay padres que hablan espanol que deseen participar en una discusión sobre el plan de aprendizaje a distancia?
7: And if you could
8: ask,
7: I have a question. Um, I'm no longer in my breakout room. Peter is Yes. Oh, reorganizing it. Okay, great. He's he's reassigning. So
8: as soon as he has, um, what's assigned, um, I think we, we should, the first group should be sent to the breakout rooms to reduce the number Because now we're at almost 270 people. So the number is getting larger.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to once, once all the translations have burned red, I'm going to open the rooms and then some people are going to um, and then some people are, I'm going to just start assigning you. So once once all the translations are done, I will assign.
8: Thank you. And
0: we should probably have after um, each translator just uh, says their couple lines, we should have people raise their hand and try to keep track so we can break out those rooms accordingly.
5: Yes, I just scrolled through. I didn't see any raised hands for Spanish. Mm-hmm. Jesse, could you give a, a last call for Spanish and ask them to raise their hands?
9: Thank you. Sure. Hay padres que hablan espanol. Y
6: si, por favor, levanta tu mano.
0: Thank you, Mr. Texera. Did you see anybody raise their hand?
5: I uh, just got to know somebody named Chris. Is can you see that, uh, Peter? Uh, Dr. Cushing. All right. Just um, Lane for Portuguese, please.
10: Sure. So, houver pais que precisem de uma intérprete portuguesa, é a favor comunicar agora, podem levantar as mãos.
5: Uh, fazendo em casa, if you can do that, Peter.
1: Uh, which name was that again?
5: Fazendo in casa. Okay.
9: Next.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
5: May Abu San.
9: Um uh, you that uh, I you read the أي I يحتاج إلى Paul, are you seeing any hands
5: up? Nope. I'm checking both the participant list and I'm scrolling through the pages. Okay, um, so nothing uh, Andre for Haitian Creole Andre Pierre Paul are you on the line?
6: Hello, André, André, Pierre, Paul. And is there anyone who for mon translation? For
9: you, là for me to translate for Thank you.
1: And Gerald, Pierre, Paul, Gerald. Okay. Uh,
5: okay. I see no raised hands. Um, But we can work with the other groups and if there's anyone behind, um, we can add them later.
0: Sounds great. Yeah, I didn't see any hands on that one either. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, Maybe we can just add, I think we only had two, we can, the needed translation, we can just add those to uh, groups that we already have. Okay.
1: And just quick, If anybody ends up in a room, be it a proctor or people who are assigned, um, all you have to do is leave the room, come back, and you will be able to be reassigned to a different room. I'm pretty sure I have everybody that was in on time. Um, So without further ado, I will open the rooms. Um, You will click uh, the area on your screen where it says to click to enter the room, uh, and then you will be transported there. Um, Some of you, I still have to assign. Uh, so I will be doing that over the next few minutes.
0: Okay. And Peter, Dr. Cushing, just, you can let everybody know it's random assignments.
1: It, it, it literally, I'm going group one alphabet, group two alphabet, like trying to do it as quickly as possible. Thank you. Yep.
11: We can just give a few more minutes. I am expecting many, many more people to join us. <laughs> All right, so why don't we get started um, with a couple of um, quick introductions about um, the folks that are going to be helping me um, through our breakout session for the next like 30-40 minutes or so. Uh, My name is Jenny Graham. I'm a member of the school committee and I am also um, the chair of the communications, engagement, and strategic planning subcommittee. So I'm really excited that we're doing this work um, with the community because I think that's um, so important for us, especially as we think about just how unknown what will come next will be. And so, the goal for today, um, in my mind, is not necessarily to have answers. Um, And for those of you on the phone who are administrators, um, I think you get to be participants in a way that um, you don't usually get to be at. Um, school committee meetings. So you're not here to give us answers. Um, we recognize that there frankly are no answers right now, and that's why we're having this conversation. So um, for those of you who are on the phone looking at um, folks like Mr. Tucci and Mr. Zidney, thinking surely they will have answers. Um, I'm going to officially let them off the hook and say they have no answers. <laughs> um, but instead, they're here to sort of help facilitate this process. So Um, What we're going to do today, and I'm going to share like a couple of ground rules that I think of when I do sessions like this um, that I think are really important, Um, but what we're going to do today is we're going to focus on a couple of key topics um, that all revolve around how we go back to school, um, if we go back to school, when we go back to school. And um, you all have sort of different perspectives on everything that has happened so far, and perhaps you even have sort of wants and wishes about what you'd like to see as we go forward. Um, the goal for today is for us just to have a constructive conversation about all of those things um, in, in a couple of particular topics. If there are topics that we don't cover today, um, it's very likely that we're not covering them today because they are scheduled to be covered in another session. So this is the first of three. Um, So you may hear us say we're going to put that in the parking lot and that just may simply be because um, this is on the agenda for a future session, which we do hope you'll all join us for. Um, I think the other thing about sort of some of the questions we're asking um, and that we will ask during this session is I would um, ask um, all of us to um, refrain from naming names. So, this isn't about whether Mr. Tucci or Mr. Z- Mr. Zigny are doing a good job or a bad job, whether one student is um, doing a good job or a bad job, but rather to say, how do we look forward? So, I think it's okay and honest of all of us to talk constructively about um, what's going well and what maybe is or isn't going well. Um, but as you provide those comments, just be mindful that the goal here is for us to be. Um, as productive as possible. Um, So I just want to introduce a couple of folks. I don't see, oh, there's Paul. So Paul Teixeira is going to help keep me honest as we facilitate through um, a set of questions. Um, Mr. Tucci from uh, Midland Middle School is going to make sure that we sort of stay as on time as we can possibly be. and then Lauren is going to help me scribe. So Lauren, I'm hoping that you can share your screen so that as you're scribing, people can see that if they want to. Um, great. And then, um, you know, all of all of us are scribing into a shared Google Doc on purpose so that um, at the end of all of this, there's um, a single place for the comments from all of the breakout rooms are going to be be able to be looked at ongoing. Um, we're going to try to use this, the raise hand feature as best we can, um, because I think that will help us sort of navigate through the conversation. Um, so does, does anybody need help knowing where that is?
3: Just
11: looking. Okay. I think we're, we all seem okay. Um, so we're gonna start, um, the, we have um, the following questions sort of, sort of to grapple with um, today. So the, fir- um, the first bucket, which we're actually gonna do last, um, is what's working well and what's not working well. And that means in today's time, we're gonna do that last because I think as we talk about some of these other things, um, we'll save that category first with what's left over. Uh, the second category is really around technology. Um, The third category around sort of the school day model. So before school, after school, that kind of thing. Um, And then the the last category, the fourth category is around athletics and extracurricular activities. So um, as you guys can see on Lauren's screen, she's got a spreadsheet and she's got a series of sort of questions on the spreadsheet. Um, We're going to start with technology Um, Some of the sub-questions, I'm just going to read them. I don't think that as a group we have to answer them one at a time, um, nor do I think that everybody on the call has answers to any of these particular questions or all of them. So what I want to do instead is take the sort of broad category of technology and, and ask you all, as you think about going back to school next year, sort of, What are the things that are top of mind for you as it relates to technology and then Lauren and Paul and Nick and I will do our best to sort of slot those comments in um, to the subcategories as they apply. Does that make sense to everybody so far.
5: I could just add something. Um, sure. when, you, when you're when you speaking, if you could just tell us if you're a parent, caregiver, a teacher, an administrator, um, because we're trying to get as many different perspectives on these issues as possible. Um, so that will help us figure out the information. If you want to say, you, if you're a parent, uh, caregiver, you have a child in elementary, middle or high, you don't have to name the school or anything like that, because some of these things will look different at the different levels and it will just help us kind of sort through and figure out the information. Thank you.
11: Yeah, thank you, Paul. Um, I think the other thing to note is that um, once you raise your hand, we'll circle, we'll cycle around and get to you. But also, um, once you're done speaking, um, I think you have to unraise your own hand. So put it up, when you're done, you can pull it down and then we'll move on to the next person. So again, let's start with that sort of broad category of technology. Um, And um, there's a number of subtopics here that we can certainly talk about. Um, What is working with remote learning? What is not working with remote learning? Professional development for students, professional development for parents, um, enough hotspots, enough Chromebooks, online learning too much or not enough. So um, that, I feel like gives us sort of broad license to talk about anything we would like as it relates to technology. So um, does anybody have anything um, that they wanna start with?
12: It looks like Lisa and Ellie.
9: Lisa? Yep, um, Molly Hi, gave Lisa. us the information. Hi, um, administrator, um, coordinator of secondary special education. Um, Molly gave us the information today that we have over 2000 Chromebooks And that between the three rounds, they've distributed over 760. Um, And she's also given out information for hotspots on how to get inexpensive hotspots, as well as professional development for teachers and families. So that was information we received today. Great.
4: Um, So that would go into the Chromebooks and the hotspots. Um, Rebecca
11: Johnson, I see your hand in the air.
6: Hi, I'm a middle school special ed teacher at the McGlynn. Um, And I guess uh, what's working well is I I do think, um, to echo what Ms. Ionelli said, the the Chromebook distribution has been great. All of my students have Chromebooks, have access. Um, I think a challenge is some of their internet is not as strong. So sometimes when we do like a Zoom or a Google Meet, um, their internet will freeze or something like that. That's been tricky. And then um, also just with the, um, I think under the, uh, let me see, like professional development for students, just um, some of their, you know, I do teach kids who struggle, you know, have a difficult time learning. And I think even though we do use Google Classroom, some of them just aren't independent yet with that. So it's like, you know, the tools are there, but just getting them to access the things and providing the right help has been challenging.
4: And Rebecca,
11: um, a couple questions that jump out for me based on some of your comments. Um, You know, one is what, to what extent um, were your students using Google Classroom before the school closure? And does that make a difference, does that make a difference in what you're seeing in terms of their ability to access?
6: Yeah. So we, we were using Google classroom. Um, and I would say in class there, I would say maybe half of them were independent with it and half of them were not. And I think just kind of not being in the classroom and having someone to ask those questions of has been, that's kind of been the challenge. And I think some of them, like their confidence with it is not, you know, they're like, oh, I can't do it. And it's like, no, you can't, you know, you can't, you know how to do this, but because we're not there together, I can't sure navigate the way I normally would. And that's been my, my challenge. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, little Beck. <sighs> Hi.
13: <laughs> Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, my name's Becca. Um, I have a, a son who will be entering kindergarten in Medford. So um, thank you. <laughs> um, currently he was in uh, pre-K program. So we have done remote learning. Um, what has worked for us is his teacher was very nice. And she understands that for this age group, um, he doesn't participate all the time, but just leaving it on and having him hear her and this and hear the students and this, that was enough. I just recently found out from him he does not enjoy remote learning because it's a bunch of kids his age talking, and all he wants to do is talk to like one person, maybe two. He wants to make sure the teacher hears him, and raising your hand doesn't work for remote learning, which is what he's learned to do. Um, So that would be something positive. He likes it because he likes seeing the faces. Negative, though, is He can't participate because he doesn't want to talk over people and he feels like he hurt um another one is we've also gotten a lot of like links from her and he was working on a math program and a reading program with his school it unfortunately does not go with our technology at our house so we've been struggling trying to keep up with what the rest of his school is doing we have other programs that work with our technology we would be wondering would we get like I guess a Chromebook,
6: or how would you compensate for that? Yeah, and, and um,
11: those are all great questions. And I think, you know, I saw heads nodding for sure, um, especially with the littles, you know, their their experiences in all of this are going to be really different than, you know, uh, even if my daughter's a fifth grader, so even that's gonna be really different um, from kindergarten to fifth grade. Um, mm-hmm. What we have done so far, just by way of background, as Lisa shared, um, we do use Chromebooks, and we've made Chromebooks available on request um, to anybody who has needed one so that we can sort of level the technology playing field. Um, but um, i I don't think we know exactly yet what that strategy will be come fall. And so that's part of why we're hosting and holding these these roundtables. Um, thank you for joining us and participating um, there's a lot to take in as a K parent. So, um, welcome. (laughs) Um, who else? Does anyone else have, um, technology comments, questions? So,
12: um, I'm Lauren Perillo. I'm the coordinator of special education, currently overseeing both middle schools, the McGlynn Elementary and the Columbus. And I am also the team chair at the Andrews Middle School, where I have been there for the last eight years. Um, Something that I think is going really well is the teachers offering opportunities for synchronous learning. Um, Those were kind of already in existence prior to the DLP being updated. However, what I have noticed in many conversations through team meetings or discussions with um, teachers and parents is that it's difficult um, for parents to manage at home when there's more than one student. So I think moving forward, um, something that's worked really well for us is trying to collaborate with the parents um, in different schools so that we could help come up with a schedule that works for them so that they can kind of predict when either both students or more than one student will be accessing different sessions. And I think if we could try to be as best we can more mindful of how to support parents in that moving forward, I think that will really be helpful because I understand I'm a parent too. It's hard kind of trying to navigate the home instructional piece while also working and just trying to make sure everybody's on the same page with when to access and when not to.
11: Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's a great comment. And you know, when we talk about device availability, um, you know, I think in in early days of our uh, path here, right, there was a lot of sharing going on um, in within households, at least you know amongst you know friends of mine. And I think you know one of the opportunities that we have for fall is to be really, in my mind, clear about what expectations we think need to be in place for every student um, and and just as much about not just what will work but what won't work so it, i think as an as a district if we don't believe that sharing devices will work i think we'll just need to be really clear and explicit about that
12: right especially because we have so many chromebooks like leisha shared <laughs> i think opening that up and letting families know that even if they already yeah. have one device we could access more than one of those yes. and they you know that kind of thing moving forward absolutely
11: Great.
9: Um, Maria Skiff, I see your hand. Hi, sorry. Um, hi, Maria. Hi, hi. how are you? Good. Uh, I'm a kindergarten teacher. I wanted to kind of address um, what Becca had brought up. Um, and we, huh? uh, in, that, in my school, have been using a platform that we started with, we've been using for years. So we used Facebook to do synchronous learning. With our classes, and it really worked very well I know a lot of people are like, "Oh I, I can't even believe you're, you're using Facebook, but because parents have been on Facebook and we have been using it all year long it's a platform I think that um, really helps out with the little kids because um, parents could just jump on there watch our videos we were posting we post three or four videos every day with games and lessons and um, I just wanted to not like." Um, discount that as a platform. I kind of wanted to say that there are, we should consider different platforms and I don't know if that would help people like Becca, but um, it's worked for us. People have participated. We get to see that, you know, we add comments, they comment, other teachers jump in and comment. So it's been good. I don't know if that's relevant, but I feel like it's technology that's working for us.
11: Yeah, no, I think that's great. Thank you, Maria. Um, Josh Schiller, I see your hand in the air.
14: Hi. Thanks, Jenny. Uh, I'm a parent of a, I guess I would say, rising second grader Mm -hmm. at the Brooks. A couple thoughts here. One, uh, Marie, I appreciate that the Facebook platform is working for you. As a parent, I am pretty, as you would expect, uh, pretty alarmed by that usage (laughs) in terms of the data. Um, So I'm a little concerned about that Um, in terms of privacy and and data control.
9: It's a private group.
14: Yeah, it's still I mean, Facebook. But <laughs> in any case, um, I, it's great that it works for you. I think that fi- teachers finding tools that work for them, that's, that's great. Um, one of the things with regard to technology um, that I don't see here is professional development for teachers with regard to technology. Um, I think that is something that hasn't worked so well and would be great if we saw more of that. Um, and uh, as a family, we were able to get one of the Chromebooks, and that's been great. It uh, gives our daughter a sense of ownership over the learning, and I think that's been terrific. I was surprised that um, to, to learn that it wasn't one Chromebook per kid, uh, that it was one Chromebook per family. That seems to be uh, not so efficient. Just a few thanks. comments.
11: Yeah, thanks, thanks Josh. Um, so Jennifer Devlin and Seheim, we need to move to our next category, but I was hoping that you would, um, put your comments in the chat and then, um, Nick, I was hoping, or, or Tony, if you could, um, get them into the spreadsheet for me while we move on to the next topic. Perfect. So Jennifer and and Seheim, if you guys could toss your, um, your comments in the chat, we'll get them in the spreadsheet. Um, so our next topic um, and this may be one where things are a little bit um, different uh, based on how the age of of a child um, but we're talking about the school day model so um, the model of school before school after school um, questions and sort of early thoughts that are in the spreadsheet um, you know thoughts around um, double sessions um, whether we have to split classes um, and, you know, grade levels, um, thoughts around recess and lunch, riding the bus um, before and after school, the number of students in classes and masks and distancing. So again, like we have got sort of a broad palette. (laughs) I think that covers lots of things. But when you all think about the school day model for next year, um, talk to me about what comes to mind there. And then we'll find a home for your comment in the spreadsheet.
3: Um, Angela Bellini.
11: Hi Angela.
15: Hi. Sorry. Hi, how are you? Good. Um I I uh, am a middle I'm a, I teach middle school science at the um at the McGlynn Middle School um, in seventh grade. And I just um it kind of involves technolo- The technology piece kind of going back into school also, because um, I was just thinking too with you know the hygiene of every kid. My thought is, will every kid have access or have uh, or get a Chromebook through the um, through the school to do work on? Because before we would just use Chromebook carts, and they were kind of communally used throughout the throughout the school you could just book it and then bring it to your classroom, but that doesn't really seem hygienically sound anymore. So I was just curious if, you know, would we have to start potentially looking into investing into more Chromebooks so that every kid can have their own?
11: Yeah, that's a great question. And I, um, while this session isn't for answers, it's really top of mind for lots of people. So um, people are thinking really seriously about that one. Um, Karen Chen.
2: Hi, um, I'm, a, I'm a parent and a teacher, and I guess mine relates more to like schedule and before after school sure. Being and teacher. I guess I'm wondering like how childcare will work if there's split classes and you have more than one kid in different grades. Like it just seems like very complicated to get every kid into the building and the kids that are not in the building to have an adult to watch them.
11: Agreed, and I think you know one one of the um, big questions about um, you know how we go back to school really is just that. So what not only just what does the school day look like, but what are the implications on families um, based on what that school day looks like? So I appreciate your comment, Karen. Um, Josh Schuler.
14: Hi. Thanks again. Sorry. So I I have to credit my wife with this suggestion. Is there this is something that might bring some nice. Closure, or at least, um, yeah, closure to last year and moving into next year. Can there be any thought, can we put any thought towards sort of doing combined grade groups? This might be more applicable to elementary school, wherein you have a kindergarten teacher um, and the first grade teacher and a cohort, and they sort of stay together and work together in the coming year. So that, you know, the teacher who had that kindergarten group and the first grade who had, you know, would be having that group Work a little more collaboratively. Does that make sense? Combine grade level groups, maybe cohorts. So like the students in class A stay together as they advance to the next grade and they're connected to a group uh, in the lower grade, and those teachers are connected as well. And there's yeah.
11: a I think I I think I understand. Um so just let me make sure that we, I, I heard what you said. So I think what you're suggesting is that rather than sort of the mixing up and reshuffling of classes that happens from one year to the next,
3: mm-hmm. that
11: we would consider retaining class cohorts as they stand now so that it sort of lessens the, the right. shift going forward. Okay. Right. That's part
14: <laughs> of it. But also the aspect of some collaboration between the grades, between those teachers. So they have a sense of continuity and ownership, not ownership necessarily, but you know just some sure. sense of yeah. Okay.
12: Just to be mindful when we're um, combining grade levels and students or that thought, I just want, um, we shouldn't have this happen, but you can't have a group that spans 48 months in difference um, when they're grouped together. So some students that might be really young for their grade, if we're combining two grade levels and then older for their grade, we might have to look at that piece if that was an idea um, just to throw out there.
11: Thanks Lauren. Um, Jennifer Devlin, I see your hand in the air hi hi Jen sorry I didn't I didn't lower it because I couldn't figure out how to lower it oh okay if you just um if you just go to your name and um, you should be able to see lower hand yep
16: and see Heim hi I'm Charlotte Heim I'm an occupational therapist and transition specialist covering the high school so I work with students um, with IEPs and uh, with 504 accommodation plans. And I, my comment is reg- regarding riding the city bus. So a great deal of our high school students ride back and forth on the city bus. And not, they're not quite as crowded in the morning. Actually, they start out not very crowded and by the time the last one is rolling in, they're fairly crowded. Um, so just a concern regarding um, the density of the students on the bus, that's standing room only. Um, I ride these buses sometimes when I'm training students that might need a little extra help to learn the ropes and um, and maybe they might consider adding more buses or limiting the amount of students that come that, that ride on each bus, particularly during dismissal. Thank
11: you. Um- if there's anybody else who has comments about the, the school day model, um, again, let's go ahead and throw them in the chat so we can move on. Um, I'm just trying to get some clarification about when they're gonna suck us all back into the main room. And I just wanna make sure we can get to this last topic regardless. Um, so it looks like we have five, less than 10 minutes left. So um, the, the third um, component um, is around athletics and ecu- extracurricular activities. Um, so, a couple of subcategories sports, clubs, after school activities, and sanitizing equipment. Um, so, I'll go ahead and sort of throw open the, the floor for comments there on that sort
3: of broader athletics extracurricular category. Um
11: let's see. Jennifer, did you have a comment or okay? <laughs> um You know, one of the things that I, I, will, I will not let me do it, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. I don't think I can do it remotely. I'm actually okay. always the host, so I'm
4: like, this is new to me. I don't
11: know. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that that I'm thinking about um uh, based on my own kids' experience um is that when we talk about after school activities, I think People commonly think of the the high school and the middle school, Um, but there's quite a lot of similar extracurricular activities that are going on at the elementary school level. Um, They tend to be organized by our PTOs all in various forms. So Columbus has their Columbus Clubhouse. We have, we call it PEP at the Brooks. Um, I think the Roberts calls it enrichment clubs. So there, there are clubs happening at the elementary school level as well um, that are organized by our PTOs. And you know, one thing that comes to mind there is that um, those programs are volunteer run. So we'll wanna be sure that however we proceed with extracurricular activities, we do so in enough time to allow those groups to plan um, so that they don't do work that they cannot use. Um, and also, um, in some cases they're, um, revenue generators for the PTOs. Um, so if there's a loss of revenue because we're not running programming, we would want to be talking about that sooner rather than later. Um, so that's my 10 cents, but, um, what else do we have around sports clubs? Um, yes, little Beck.
13: (laughs) Where, um, I don't see it in there.
11: Where would playground fall? Um, you know, there was a there was a recess category in the last one, so go ahead and we'll just pop it back. Oh, there was. Oh, okay. Sorry, That's I missed okay. that. Go ahead. Um, what was your comment about playgrounds? I was just wondering, would they
13: be open? How would you sanitize them if they were open? Um, I don't know how the schools do it. If it's a mixed age, all, do all classes for first grade go out? All kindergarten classes go out at once? How would you social distance at that point? Um, just the
11: usual. Sure. No, it's a, a, a good set of questions. Um, generally, um, uh, you know, I'll speak for where my kids go to school. Um, they go out with their grade level cohort. Um, there tend to be, there are two grades out at the same time, although they're on different playgrounds. Um, Mm -hmm. but some of the schools are organized a bit differently based on their physical space. um, but yeah, generally speaking, um, they are all out as a grade cohort because it's sort of a combination with lunch.
13: Yeah, my my son's school had um, mixed age for the recess. They in yeah. the classrooms, and then like the preschool, pre K, and kindergarten went out together for space. So
17: yeah, uh, Mr. Zigney, see your hand in the air. Yeah, I'm Tony Zeckley. I'm director of fine arts. And I think um, you know, we're coming up with all possible, possible scenario, scenarios because it would be hard enough to social distance in a traditional classroom setting. But when you get into athletic groups, um, musical groups, performance groups where there's a lot of moving around, that, that, that presents a whole um, different set of circumstances. So it's something we're definitely working on and coming up with different um, possible scenarios I know from you know, my department especially for the marching band and all of the ensembles, um, you know, I'm trying to research, you know, what is the, what are the dangers in playing instruments and especially wind instruments as opposed to non-wind instruments. Um, singing apparently is, is an issue. Um, and you wouldn't think it, but actually choral groups, vocal groups are liable to spread um, more than other groups. So they're definitely, we don't have s- solutions yet. We have multiple scenarios depending upon what happens, but it's just want to let everybody know. And the same thing for athletics; it's something that we're working on and coming up with possible solutions and, and trying to come up with the best best way for our kids to still learn and and be active in these things that are important. Um, recess is super important. Kids getting outside for fresh air is really important. Um, so they are important things. And um, even just having a nice lunch makes a big difference in a child's day. So the things we're discussing, working on, and hopefully coming up with the best solution possible. Um, no answers yet, unfortunately, but we we'll, we're investigating for sure.
11: <laughs> yeah, that's sort of the theme of the day, right? No answers. <laughs> yeah. um, Angela Bellini,
15: Hi again. Um, Hi. So this is kind of a specific um, subject-based question, but because I teach science and I Um, and one of the teachers who also, um, help direct the gems club, which is girls exploring math and science. Um, so my biggest concern going back to school is, um, doing group labs because that's, you know, I, so much of my curriculum is based off of that. Um, and with the new guidelines, I don't know if I'd be able to really do group labs, um, at least in the near future. So which also means then if I still want to perform those labs, um, you know, the materials that I'm allotted, I only get a certain amount of materials per year. So would that, would that budget need to go up? I like, I want to give the students the same experience, especially if we are going to be going back to, to class eventually. Um, I guess that's my, my main question is, you know, will teachers or science teachers specifically, um, you know, I guess be getting more materials needed per the labs that we do.
11: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really great question, Angela. Um, I,
12: I noted it on the bottom of that sort of school day grid, just in case anybody's looking for it, I kind of put other down there and then put the question around lab materials in allotment, just if anybody didn't see it. Okay.
5: Angela, I know
14: Ivy and Rocco are working on that.
11: Okay, Sorry. Okay. Um, let's see, Nick Tucci, you had your hand in the air.
18: Hi, good afternoon, everybody. Just circling back around to the topic of buses, I know that we're in the process of ne- renegotiating with uh, the bus companies and uh, to see if we can get uh, you know, different bids to you know, invite those uh, potential companies to come in and service our students and schools. Uh, is there a possibility to see if we can negotiate with this new bus company, uh, the possibility to do a double loop? you know, to see if we can, um, you know, stagger the schedule for the pickup of students and buses um, to allow for less students to be on the bus at one time. You know, so that was one thought I had along that topic and also to potentially stagger dismissal, you know, meaning that, you know, the bus would have to do a double loop to uh, transport students back home too as well. So I just want to put that topic on people's radar because I know it, is, it has implications with the negotiations with the, you know, the bus company in the negotiations.
11: Um, let's see, Josh Schuler.
14: Sorry, no, covered it.
11: Okay. <laughs> um, let's see, who else do we have? Um, Lauren?
12: Um, I'm thinking about middle school for the after-school clubs. Um, right now, I think it's wonderful. The students, if there isn't a club, for example, at the Andrews, Uh, they're kind of able to go back and forth to both clubs in both buildings. Um, or if they want to join one at one other building, they can too. So I'm wondering how we can continue to support that moving forward. Um, and you know, what would we need to do as far as, you know, social distancing or masks or any of that kind of stuff? Because of course, we'd want that to be an option for kids moving forward.
11: Yeah. Um, You know, one of the things that, so my son um, is a third grader and he uh, had started an extracurricular um, chess club in an after school for an hour a week. And the chess club, when school shut down, um, they offered an online version of their class. And it was, it was such a great little um, extra for him. So I think, you know, the other sort of thing that comes to mind for me is with all of our clubs and our extracurricular activities, like where are the opportunities to move some of that online so that the experience isn't lost? Um, and how do we do that? And probably easier, you know, not so easy with the running club, but, um, you know, maybe with some of the other stuff uh, might be a little bit easier. Um, I think we're just about to get yanked back. Um, So are there any other sort of last minute questions or comments? Nick? During my time in the
3: Middle East, I've explored-
18: Going back to the topic of athletics. Um, Certainly at the middle school level, this current school year was the first year we participated in greater Boston league sports. And I, I saw how impactful that was. Now, certainly, you know, with the, uh, the current pandemic understand, obviously this, this could play a role in whether or not we participate in greater Boston league sports. I know that we'd be working in consultation with MIA as well as the greater Boston league, you know, to follow whatever guidelines that they'd want to put out there, but, uh, just more in the terms of, um, for high school, dive perspective when dealing with the high school, potentially the high school may not want to participate in non-league, or, you know, so just to stay inside the Greater Boston League might be something that might be, um, you know, something to consider for the fall, you know, considering, um, you know, the circumstances that we're in right now. So less so impactful for the middle school because we only compete with Greater Boston League teams, but in the fall to potentially consider not participating in non-league um, sporting contests.
11: Yeah, I think that's um, a definite um, thing to consider. So, Lauren, did you catch capture that? Yep, I put it under sports. Yep. Perfect. And then I see a hand from Karen.
3: Um, Karen, I, you're um, still hey, on mute. Oh, yeah, you-
2: button. Hi, sorry about that. Okay. Um, uh, what I'm worried about is um, I'm a middle school parent about to be a high school parent. And um, one of the big things kids do at the beginning of every year, but also especially as transition to a new school, is they mix around and make new friends. And we would need some sort of, um, I don't want to call it social, but semi-academic opportunities. I know um, um, my daughter's been somewhat resistant to organizing anything with her friends, like a study group, but when one of the teachers organized it, it would be
13: right there. And so we need
2: some sort of, you know, less formal opportunities online. And I mean, this is the big at
11: workplaces as well. So I don't know
2: what the answer is, but sure. it's a really important
11: thing to think about. Well, and, you know, Karen, that's a, a really good point. And I think, you know, we sort of, we have only a few minutes, a few seconds left, but we touched on um, professional development for teachers earlier, and I think Um, looking outside of K-12 education for ways that you can remotely engage um, folks and figuring out how those things translate um, to students and teaching students how to interact in an online capacity. Um, In the corporate world, we work, you know, when we have remote workforces, we work on that. So we... we I'm
16: just
3: sure.
16: If that's only on webinar mode or and not meeting mode or something like that. I know it, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
1: So we, we can, did an the, problem, job. <laughs> the problem is, is when you auto distribute, we can't assign certain people to like lead the room. So we could end up having all the school committee in one room or, um, so that's, but I like the idea of pre-registering.
2: You did an amazing job. We could hear you typing away.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Pushing, for getting all, almost 300 participants into Zoom chat rooms. Our, our session went well, I'm sure everybody else's did too. We have group one, which I believe was um, co-facilitated by myself and Lisa Kingsley. And I, Doctor Doctor Vincent, yes. Okay, oh, we're going to go over
8: about a five minute. Not even five minutes because we actually have to report out from twelve groups. So we need oh. about two minutes. It's five oh three, and we have another meeting. We have a hard stop of five thirty. So um, first, I just want to say thank you again to our nearly three hundred participants who joined us today. Um, echoing. Um, the concern. Thank you to the school committee members who have all been heading up uh, their own individual groups. Right now, we're going to give a quick report out, approximately of two minutes. We're going to try not to repeat um, something that was already said. Okay. So, um, Mayor Longo Kern, yes, since Group One, would you like to just give us maybe one key highlight or a theme that surfaced in your group?
0: Yes, I'll speak just for two minutes. Um, some of the things that are going well are having Zoom and Google, Google Classroom meetings every day. Um, some, some are having twice a week, some are having every day, but parents seem to be, and teachers seem to be happy with that. Um, messages from principals being inspiring and knowing that we're all in this together are very helpful to things that popped up multiple times are a, a Zoom or Google Meets in the morning, is extremely helpful to get the ch- children ready for school um, in Google classrooms is very helpful. A few things that aren't going so well, um, one of the things that kept reoccurring is that, especially from the, administ- the teachers, was some kids don't show up for Zooms and it sh- so the grading, the way it doesn't affect the grading, may have to be looked into. Um, Obviously being on zoom and Google classrooms and your computer all the time is hard on children's eyes and headaches and Concerns with children on camera then maybe not not wanting to see themselves on camera Uh, Also, not every child having access to the internet um, And need for obviously live instruction was some of the other comments um but that, that was the reoccurring main few
8: few thoughts of the group. Okay, thank you so much. Um, is it okay if we're gonna transition to group two? Uh, Melanie McLaughlin.
2: Thank you, co-facilitated with uh, Mr. Deleva and um, thanks to the scribe and the timekeeper, uh, Ms. Demos and Ms. M- Dr. Mulligan. Um, our main themes were just, uh, uh, specifically around what's working well, people are feeling like there's a nice intimacy that's building between school and um, family uh, around people are going to each other's homes to drop things off, or they're seeing each other in these very uh, sort of private settings that they might not have in the past. So they're feeling a little bit more connected um, to each other in a way that they perhaps hadn't before um, through the online communication. So that's been nice. It's been sort of a little bit more flexible, if you will, around being able to communicate um, between teachers and families. So that's been appreciated. I think a big um, issue across the board for everybody has been consistency, consistency in communication, consistency among our schools, um, consistency among the teachers and what uh, families are receiving. And so, and also, you know, what the participation level is and so we all know that every child is um, different and every teacher is different but I think there's a lot to be said around how to help folks be more consistent across the board and regular communication people are really feeling like a regular consistent communication would do wonders for everybody and Dr. Mulligan is going to write up the very specific aspects of our roundtable but um, those I think were the two very common consistent themes Thank thank you
0: thank you so
7: much I think we have um, member Kretz. Yes. Uh, yes. Hi everybody. Uh, I just want to thank all the administrators, the backup facilitator, the scribe, the timekeeper, the community stakeholders, parents, and teachers, and everybody for their feedback. Everybody had great ideas. It was an excellent session. Um, so here's a couple things I wanted to highlight. Um, so at the high school level, students already have access to Plato online for algebra two, and online access was provided for other subject areas. This was a good this was good because it provided accountability and consistency. Um, Um, For high school, you know, junior. Um, And then we have in another area regarding um, double sessions. I apologize. My dog's barking. Sorry. Um, Double sessions. Um, Would double sessions work? Okay, so back in the 60s, there was a fire at Mefford High School and they did have a double session where they went. Um, some students went to school in the morning and some in the afternoon, you know, that might work, it might not work. Um, at the same time, we have to follow the CDC guidelines um, and, you know, we have to consider the social distancing. Um, do we have the other facilities big enough to hold if we were going to do the social distancing? Then there's the concerns of the mask. Um, If students were wearing a mask, um, you know, that's going to be uncomfortable. They're not going to be able to keep it on. Would teachers be able to hear them? Um, Would, you know, understand what they're saying because the mask is kind of muffling them? Um, They wouldn't be able to see social cues. Um, And then there's the um, kindergarten students um, because they're very young and they're going to need that interaction with the teacher, the other students. It's a lot of hands on. Um, What would, what would we do um, regarding kindergarten? It's a lot to consider there. Um, Will students get to play sports? That was another question that came up. And will, are we going to have the after-school program because parents who are working rely on the after school program and if they have to go to work and there's no after school program you know what are we going to do these are some concerns we need to think about um and i'll let it move on to the next group thank you very much everybody in my group thank you all
0: thank you member kratz um member Vanderkloot.
4: hi um, we had a great group. Uh, Megan Fiddler Carey kept the notes and um, a lot of input from our parents and our teachers. Um, the only thing we didn't have enough of was time. Um, from parents, we really heard some parents speak to how extraordinarily difficult it is to be two working parents and to have um, maybe three children, one who might only be a toddler or one year old, as in one case and if a child happens to be a child who needs a lot of hand holding might be anxious for whatever reason uh needs a parent sitting with them to get through the schoolwork, how extraordinarily difficult this is um and and really um that came through um from people who spoke um and really breaks your heart um we had some upsides uh, uh a teacher mentioned Um, an ESL teacher that a program called Talking Points, uh, which gives 30 different translations, allowed her to be able to communicate with her EL families very well, and that was great. Um, uh, Another parent mentioned that her child is on an IEP, and she was grateful for the amount of communication she received. um, And when they needed some adjustments uh, to make it work for their child, our staff was terrific. Some of the teachers mentioned that it's an incredible amount of work. Um, There's concerns absolutely about the number of devices and hotspots needed. So going forward, that came through. Um, um, One thing which one of the high school um, uh, submasters mentioned is um, that there's a plus side for students who are working Um, or perhaps they're babysitting for younger siblings if their lessons are taped and they're able to uh, see them later on. And so students are submitting work at different times. But the issue of engagement, in some cases, it's great. And in some cases, it's non-existent. Um, The word anxiety pops up from my notes multiple times. Um, And um, in the vocational school, uh, we had some Feedback, I mean, again, of, of teachers across the board, of, of teachers, parents, students being thrown into a lake and learning how to swim. And what an exceptional job everybody has been trying to do. Um, so I'll leave it at that.
0: Thank you, Member Van de Kloot. M- Member Rousseau?
19: Hello. Um, thank you, everyone. Um, I thought it was an excellent conversation. Um, Picking a few things was not is not easy Um, and um, I hope nobody thinks if I don't mention your comments now that they were important Um, Equity seemed to be a big uh, concern and I I heard it a number of different ways Uh, one way is um, PTO is being asked to essentially pick up the tab for what the school system doesn't provide Which is currently the status we pay for PTOs pay for buses for our actual educational activities um, so PTOs and the, the various different ways in which different schools have the ability to fundraise means that by relying on the PTOs, we are uh, not giving kids in each of the words, the same opportunities. Um, so it, this is a this is something right out of the playbook for how to deal with budget cuts. You throw it back on the PTOs, and so I just want to be clear. If people are already concerned about that myself included. Uh, Computers for the teachers, Uh, you know, there are teachers that have had to buy computers because they didn't have one at home prior to the lockdown. Um, And a Chromebook is not an appropriate device to try and run a classroom. It's barely an appropriate device to be a student. Um, We heard that there are many students for which the Chromebooks that we've given them are not, um, they're freezing up all the time Um, And it may just be that they're the older ones that we have, the oldest of our Chromebooks. I don't know the technical details, but if students find our Chromebooks to be so frustrating they won't use them, um, they're really going to have trouble bringing their best to the school day in front of that device. Um, Professional development for teachers and students, um, and then sort of along the same idea of professional development for families, but it sounds more like that consistency thing that was mentioned a couple of times I think parents don't necessarily need professional development. They need to know what is, what exactly they will expect and, and how to follow through. Um, and it can't be different for every classroom uh, because then it's it's expecting really far too much from, from parents, um, especially when they're students like my own, for instance, who really don't want me to be in their face while they're trying to do their work. So I will stop there because there's plenty more. But thank you.
0: Thank you, Member Rousseau. Member Stone. Stone.
7: Yes. Thank you, Mayor. Um, and if I do forget
9: anything, I know Miss Galusi.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll we'll let Miss know um, And said that they would be put together and share. um Yes. Well, uh, oh, I'll turn off my video. Thank you. Member, Miss Stone, just Miss Galusi? Sure. And just I don't want to, I have no again? problem doing it, but as the scribe, I want to just see if Mr. Downs, this was supposed to be his role. I have no problem speaking, but want to make sure if he wants to jump in.
20: Sure. I'll help you out, Suzanne. Thank you. Since she did all the hard work to be completely. Honest. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> a lot of, a lot of parallels to what the other groups are saying.
20: Exactly. You know, again, it's a, it's the difficulty of keeping everyone engaged. Um, you know, there are some con- inconsistencies between the elementary and the middle schools and the high schools. Um, it's a, and just to acknowledge that this has been a struggle for everyone that also came out in our group. Uh, you know, we are all in this together, and each group is struggling their own way. And we, a lot, a lot of parents uh, were mentioning uh, the, the Zooms, they are helpful, but at the same time, as we move forward with uh, the Zooms, we're still moving too fast, we're already moving forward with the curriculum. And what a concern that came out multiple times is the very uh, little kids, the kindergarten kids in particular, and younger kids about keeping social distancing and how can a teacher monitor uh, teaching students and social distancing at the same time. And that's pretty much it because a lot of it does overlap with, with the other groups said. Uh, But if I left anything out, I do apologize uh, at this time. But I do want to be brief because we have other groups that have to report out. Thank you very much, Madam Mayor.
0: Thank thank you, Mr. Downs. Um, We have member Graham.
11: Hi, um, thanks to um, Paul and Nick and Lauren for helping me out. Um, We focused on the technology, the school day model and the athletics and extracurricular activities categories. Um, And I think we made good progress through all three of those. Um, a couple of things that popped up um, regarding technology. Certainly, um, we talked a bit about, you know, Chromebooks and hotspots, but, you know, one thing that we talked a, a fair bit about was um, around the district setting expectations around what will and won't work um, for next year when we think about technology. So, um, there's a lot of sharing going on in our homes right now, and that if that's not a viable Um, way for all students to learn going forward. Um, We both need to be clear about that in our expectations and our communication to families, but also um, be prepared to support and supplement um, that kind of technology. Um, We talked about um, in the context of extracurricular, but I think it it bleeds over into technology as well, that, you know, one of the things that um, we haven't really done yet is uh, because we sort of went into this thinking that this is all temporary is we haven't taught kids how to interact um, in a remote way on a on a sustained basis so if you have a remote workforce you spend time and energy teaching those norms and thinking about that in the context of routines and we haven't done that in education just yet um, but we may need to, we may need to spend some focused time, you know, teaching kids about the the various ways that technology can help them not feel alone or isolated, how they can, you know, work with their peers the way they used to. Um, so that came up. Um, we also had a, a suggestion um, around um, what the, the typical sort of mixing up of classes that happens one year to the next, um, more so at the elementary level than in other levels, and a suggestion that we consider not mixing classes for next year, but instead um, leaving the cohorts of students together and then sort of pairing up teachers to the best of our ability so that there's both um, some team teaching and some cohort familiarity amongst the students um, that might help in the event that we have to continue to be virtual in some way next year. Um, we also talked about clubs and after school activities and things like that, um, and and talked about, um, you know, being mindful of all the things that keep those programs safe, but also um, a need for us to be clear with PTOs about the impact to their programs and their fundraising, um, you know, in consequence, but also to think about where are there places where we can move those extracurriculars to online formats so that we don't lose those extracurricular experiences altogether, um, but instead, find a new way to execute on them. Um, I think, you know, we talked about a a whole slew of things, um, but I thought those were some of the things that stood out that hadn't been covered already.
0: Great, thank you very much. Um, Dr. Edward Vincent, you're the next group leader.
8: So thank you. I um, wanna thank my uh, members that were there, Dr. Chiesa and Rachel Perry. Um, helping to facilitate the conversation. Thank all the members of the team, teachers and parents who gave us some rich information. As stated earlier, um, a lot of great points that surfaced in the previous um, seven groups. Um, Some of those topics surfaced for us as well. One piece that um, was mentioned that I, I haven't heard said much yet was our intentionality about addressing cell social emotional Um, Learning, so I did let them know that that is on this agenda. So um, we will be talking more about cell, but that we need to really um, keep cell at the forefront or as an important topic as we're thinking about remote learning. Um, One suggestion was about again, consistent schedule. Um, That theme kind of came up multiple times about trying to have greater consistency for parents so as parents are supporting their children as learners at all levels that it can be more predictable and so that's something we can definitely work on in our next iteration of um our dlp and then um a comment about that the current scheduling right now is a challenge for working families and so thinking about um that as well that it is um that there are working families and the challenges that are there. Um, And we did have one parent, um, you know, offer, parent offering to help parents with um, the digital divide and saying that, you know, they'd be willing to help other parents learn how to navigate Goom uh, and Google Classroom, et cetera. So I thought that that was um, a very nice idea and we captured that. So um, I think that's you know our feedback for the first um, eight, groups, and we on, on to our language groups. Thank
0: you, Miss um, Pinto.
10: Hey. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, I only had one parent in my group. Um, she brought up some some legitimate concerns. Um, um, she is a non English speaker. Um, she works overnight um, at a hospital on a COVID unit. So she is getting home early in the morning and she has twins in first grade, two different classrooms, two different, cur- I mean, same curriculum, but different work. The expectations are a little bit different for each. Um, that was probably her biggest concern um, is that she doesn't understand how to use Google classroom. The children weren't taught um, since they're so young Um So, um, she wanted to know if that could either be managed a little better or if, um, especially with siblings, if they're like twins in this case, um, if they could be placed in the same classroom next year, just in case we don't go back in September. So that would be easier for parents that are working to to try to help them.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Mr. Pierre-Paul.
3: Hi. Hi.
0: Um, I'm sorry. Okay.
6: I didn't have anyone in my group tonight, unfortunately. Hopefully, for the next meeting, I should have a Haitian speaking, but this time, no. Thank okay. you. Well,
0: thank you for being here. Thank you. May? May might have dropped off. Jesse Reynolds? Hi.
16: Hi. Um, I, I did not have any participants.
0: Okay. Thank you, Jesse, for being here. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to publicize the next two meetings. So um, we really appreciate you taking the time. And hopefully, you're available in the next two Wednesdays at the same time, same place. Sure. Um, Just as the Chair, I want to just thank everybody for being here. I know we are concluding at 530. We have a budget meeting starting at 530. It was really great conversation that is just a start to the longer conversation we have to have about the fall and the additional questions that will come about. Um, I know we Member McLaughlin, then member Rousseau.
6: Just quickly, I
2: wanted to make sure people know that we'll be getting back to the questions and comments in the chat. Thank you very much for sharing, and please do um, share the spread the word for folks to come uh, next week and the week after. We really really appreciate the feedback. Thank you. Member Rousseau,
0: then Dr. Cushing.
19: Thank you. Um, I also wanted there was one sentence that I hadn't actually repeated, and it was a really important one that I've I've heard a couple times in the last couple days. And um, I think that a lot of parents and, and looking at those of us on this meeting, we have this idea of tech natives, technology natives, because when I grew up, you had to actually be a technology native to use the technology. Um, And there's this misconception that our students are technology natives, and they are not for the most part technology natives. They're iPhone natives, they're iPad natives. They may not have a clue what email really is, what a web browser is. They are not technology natives for the most part. And so we, I mean, this has happened in my own home, utter shock that my kids don't get things that are so basic around technology. So I do think that point that, that we need, that that member Graham brought up from her group, that we need to literally teach skills that we probably didn't think we needed to teach. Um, because without those skills, that this is like a, a no-go for many students. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Dr. Cushing? Yep. I just wanted to say, um, once again, remind everybody, info at medford.k12.ma.us. If you feel as though um, your chat or your comment hasn't been answered, we have uh, taken pictures of them. We have screen captured. um, As most of the time, the chat feature is turned off for our meetings. um, But we have taken um, backup precautions to make sure that we have So once again, it's info at medford.k12.ma.us.
0: Thank you, Dr. Cushing. Um, Dr. Edward Vinson, before we close, do you have any last words?
8: I I just want to say thank you to everyone who's here. I also want to just say that I'm really happy that this took place, um, that this um, idea or the concept originally was birthed in the engagement subcommittee meeting with um, where Jenny Graham is a chair of that subcommittee meeting about doing it as part of the subcommittee. And then the suggestion was to invite all school committee members. and so the subcommittee kind of said in order for it to be an inclusive process of all seven members that it should be a committee of the whole. And all seven members voted in agreement and said yes. They want to be part of this roundtable experience. And I am grateful that we are able to have all of us together, plus teachers, plus administrators, plus community members, participating um, in this Committee of the Whole roundtable. And I just encourage you all to come join us for the next two weeks that we have scheduled because the conversations were really rich. And I just want to say thank you to everyone for that. Um, Mayor, over Graham. Um, there have been um, a couple of people
11: over the course, I just saw some notes in the comments, but also um, leading up to this session about student engagement. And for those people who joined us today, and I think we can include this in um, communications for future roundtables. Um, students are 100% welcome at all times to our school committee meetings It's a general statement. I think we'd love to hear from students, but right now I, I would, be thrilled to have some students join us over the next couple of weeks as well. So if there are um, students out there, uh, please encourage them to attend. We wanna hear from them too.
0: Yes, great. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, Is there a motion to adjourn and we'll see everybody at the next round table Wednesday, June 3rd at 4 p.m.? Motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn by member Graham, seconded by member Rousseau. All those in favor, roll call vote. Member yes. Um, uh,
4: Member uh, Graham? Yes. Member Kretz? Yes. Member McLaughlin? Yes. Um, Member Mastone? Yes. Member Rousseau?